Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,432. In every business and almost in every situation, I try and find goal alignment. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for the enthusiast and the collector. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car, have two cars, or 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get the exclusive SEM guide to restoration shops included for free. At checkout, use the code CARSYA and receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription. It's an exclusive offer from me here at Cars Yeah. I'm Mark Green, and I love Sports Car Market Magazine. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from my hometown here in Gig Harbor, Washington, Jamie Bopp. Hey, Jamie, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. All right. Nice, sunny, crisp fall day here in Gig Harbor and no rain, so we're doing well. Jamie Bopp is the founder of Dundon Motorsports in Gig Harbor, Washington. The company was born from three automotive enthusiasts' passion to provide the very best in service, parts, and performance. He and his team work on Porsche automobiles, providing general maintenance, engine rebuilding, transmission, suspension, tuning, and dyno services. His past includes working in process engineering and engineering management in the semiconductor industry, and he started his own semiconductor company back in 2003. His car ownership spans from Toyotas to Hondas, BMWs, and of course, today, Porsches, including a very cool 2019 GT3 RS. There's a car I'd like to have. So, Jamie, I've told our listeners a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment before I jump into the questions and share a little bit more about your business and a very obvious passion that you have for Porsche automobiles? Sure thing, Mark. I appreciate it. So, we started Dundon Motorsports, quite honestly, out of a bit of frustration in the market that there weren't a lot of what I would call honest performance parts. There are a lot of shiny pipes 
or uh, blingy things that you can bolt onto a car that make you feel good when you go to Cars and Coffee, but they didn't necessarily do a lot for the performance of the car. You know, they might make it louder, they might make it shinier, but they didn't improve upon the, we'll call the whiteboard that Porsche provided us in the first place. And Porsche's GT cars are, they're kind of a tough nut to crack when you actually sit down and say, I'm going to make this better because they're Porsche, right? They they kind of know what they're doing. The nice thing, I've, I've, I've spoke of this in, in other arenas, they have boundary conditions. They have accountants. They have the next generation of car that they have to plan for in addition to the one that they're making now. So that gives small companies with good ideas and a good understanding of physics and, and engine management and these kinds of things an opportunity. That's really what Dundon was born out of. Uh, Charles Dundon is one of my business partners, and he's a bit of a, a savant. He's a Porsche tech that taught himself differential equations, that taught himself pulse gas flow. And quite frankly, when I met him going on six years ago through a mutual Porsche friend, I was blown away and knew that he needed an opportunity to have his name on a marquee and start a business. He's not the best business person. So he would have probably been bankrupt three times had he ran the company by himself to this point. So that's kind of where I came in. I understand the engineering. I can tune a car. I'm not going to say that I can build a header the way that Charles can, because I know I can't, but I can check his work. And that's kind of how we got together. And I'm certainly not going to say I'm the best business person in the world because I definitely am more technical than I am marketing. And I'm hoping that conversations like the one I'm having with you might guide me along a different path in that regard. So oh, there you go. Um, well, I, yeah. I hope I can help you out today. I'll, I'll tell our listeners when uh, Jamie and his, his partners there first opened up shop, um, they're literally right down the road from my house, like maybe five minutes. Uh, if I drive my turbo, I might get there in four. But uh, uh, they opened this great, cool shop. And I thought, oh, this is neat to have somebody real close by. This is very cool. I went in there, was blown away by the cars I saw. Uh, the mentality, the thought process. It's taken me a while to get him on the show, though, because he's been kind of busy getting his business going. But that's a good oh, idea. It's a good thing to do. Yeah. So I'm happy to have you here today. Well, as we continue on your journey, let's start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tire smoking here on Cars. Yeah. So, Jamie, grab the wheel. So it's it's not so much a uh, an inspirational quote as it is kind of a methodology. And in every business and almost in every situation, I try and find goal alignment. You know, if if one guy is losing and another guy is winning, eventually that arrangement is going to fall apart. Somebody's going to get upset. Somebody's going to lose money, et cetera, et cetera. So always trying to find that goal alignment in in all the situations that you're in. And sometimes it's tough. You know, you're we're trying to make a, a really high quality part. We're a really tiny company, so it's expensive. And convincing somebody that the products that we are making in some cases are worth it uh, when you're small is, is a tough nut to crack. So you have to always find ways to align our goals and their goals. And that's, that's honestly one of the things that's worked really well. I'd say the only other one... I will try not to curse much because I kind of curse like a sailor. Yeah, we have to keep um, this a family show. I've got I've yeah, got one absolutely. listener who calls me every time somebody uses a four letter <laughs> word, so I don't want Chris calling me. Okay, so Jamie, no, keep no, it clean. No problem, no problem. I'm going to keep it clean. I'll keep it clean. 
engineers have a really bad reputation for using colorful language, especially mm. <laughs> uh, in the processing plants and these kinds of things. So I'll, I'll put my marketing hat on and, and keep it clean. The other one is to give an extreme amount of care in everything you do. If you don't give a crap, then nobody else is going to. Finding those situations where others will care as much or more than you do goes along with goal alignment. Because if you're both goal aligned and the person on the other side of the equation cares about the success of what it is that you're trying to achieve together, then you're pretty much center cut on being able to achieve that that success. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you think about it, the cars you're working on, GT3s, GT3Ss, Porsche 911s, I mean, Caymans, all these cars that Porsche engineers, lots of engineers spend time on. And you think of the kind of person that works very hard to earn the amount of money to buy these cars, wants the best into them. And lots of times, People are modifying these things and they're not really done that well. And I've seen that, you know, track events and so forth. You look at some new exhaust somebody put on and you just look at the welds and you go, why did you do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so, uh, yeah, you, you're dealing with a very picky clientele, right? Absolutely. Most most of the folks who who have a Porsche are successful in life, right? There, there are a few that, you know, found a pile of money under a tree, but most of the folks that both can afford a Porsche and chose a Porsche. There's a very, there's a very kind of funneled clientele that end up with a GT car. And they're normally the exotic owner that's going to beat the snot out of it, so to speak. Those are the guys that end up with GT cars because they're going to take them to the track. They're going to beat the snot out of them and expect to be able to drive home the next day because they've tried the other ones and broken them and then come back to this one, even though it isn't Porsche is a strange brand. It's almost like the uh, the starter exotic, so to speak. It's like that that just starting to cross over into the, you know, I, I can't afford a, a Ferrari Pista or a 488 or something like that, but I can I can stretch a little and I can I can claw my way into a GT3 RS. Now, if Porsche keeps going the way they're going, eventually they may be the same price. I know. So, yeah, they're getting knows? expensive. Crazy <laughs> price. They are getting yeah. expensive. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, let's go back in time a little bit and talk about a story sure. that instigated this passion you have for cars. You sent me a list of your what you called your car bio, all the different cars you've had over time. I had to smile because <laughs> uh, obviously they're, well, they look to me all somewhat performance-minded, even when you go back to your early Toyotas and Hondas. Uh, of course, BMW, kind of the evolution I did, started with BMW M3s. Well, still have an M3, uh, and then evolved into Porsche 911s and, of course, my my old turbo here. But uh, tell us a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were a car guy. Oh, my goodness. This was when I was a, a wee bitty lad, just a young young <laughs> a guy. My dad, <laughs> my, my dad was a car guy, uh, so much so that uh, he was standing in front of a judge when he was uh, a young man after some probably not so intelligent traffic violation or uh, a multitude of them, given this is back in the mid to late 60s when when he was doing this. And he was given a choice of you're either going to go to jail for 30 days, or you're going to go enlist in the military, son. So then my dad decided to go join the Air Force. So being being a car guy has been in my blood since I was very, very young. The uh, back, uh, good grief, um, Legos were really popular when I was a child and they had this, this, uh, they have all kinds of crazy Legos now. 
Uh, but back then they had the Lego expert series and it was this car that you could build and you built the engine and you built the transmission, you built the suspension and you built the all the little bits. And I, I remember getting this for Christmas and I seriously didn't come up for air for like three days. <laughs> it was yeah. that, that thing had to get finished. Yeah. And uh, my dad worked with engineers in the Air Force. And there were a few of them that would come and help me. I want to say I was maybe seven or eight at the time. And they just stopped. They're like, I don't know where to begin. And I'm just sitting there clickety-clacking away uh, with the, the meme with the cat on the keyboard, like, but with Legos, just kind of clickety-clacking all these things in there. Uh, from there, um, when I was 16, we had a 66 Mustang. My dad and I were going to rebuild. My dad was the hand-me-a-wrench, I'll figure it out kind of fella. I was a read the instructions kind of guy, even back then. So there was a lot of, uh, there were a lot of good times working on that car, a lot of laughs, one funny anecdote with that car. And why I realized I probably wouldn't have a Mustang again is for my prom, my junior prom. So I'm crawling underneath the car in my tux, uh, (laughs) changing the starter out with the parts car that we have sitting in the driveway. Because when you have an old car, you have an old parts car next to it when you're trying to, uh, (laughs) fix them up. Um, and putting the starter back in and getting, you know, and I made it, made it to the dance, picked up my date, got to the dance. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. I think um, I've done the same thing. I had a 67 yeah. Carmen Ghia in high school. And I remember that taking uh-huh. this young woman out for the first time. I was real excited and I had some brake issues and literally, you know, five minutes before I had to leave to go pick her up, I was bleeding the brakes and I got to her house and her mom answers the door and she goes, what's all over your shirt? And I didn't realize the I had, oh no! <laughs> the brake brake had squirted all over my shirt, and I didn't notice right, when I was right. bleeding it. And I go, "Oh, that's brake fluid." I was making sure the brakes uh, worked well before I no. picked your daughter up, Mrs. Smith. You know, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> it's funny that our stories of that are with a Ford and a VW. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a '66 fastback. Precede them. Yeah, yeah I, I, a- I wanted I wanted a VW. All those cars that were on there, the one that I wanted, because I grew up in Sacramento, California, mm-hmm. of the time when the California bug was oh, yeah. very popular. You yeah. know, the slammed with the wild paint jobs. I wanted a square back. I wanted to put a 1776 in it with the dual Webers and the, the whole thing. And I found one, but it leaked too much oil. And my dad was like, that's not sitting in the driveway because you will never get that thing to not leak oil. It will <laughs> well, always leak oil. They're pretty easy <laughs> to work on. I got mine. I, I ended are. up with a 2110 in my car with dual Delardos. And, yeah, I had that thing going. But uh, it, it ended up being a really, really nice car. It took me all the way through college. But uh, right. I had a 66 right. Mustang Fastback that I bought from a local yep. guy here in Gig Harbor that he and his dad had built as a tribute to a, to a GT350. And so looked looked just like one. Yeah, beautiful car. 289, that motor sounded like a sewing machine. And uh, I drove that to work every day. Now, imagine living here in the Northwest in the rain, driving one of those to work every day, the back end of break loose all the time. And uh, But I really enjoyed it. That that makes it it enjoyable, you know, especially if you're not hooning the car all the time and you're being somewhat responsible. Yeah, hanging it out on a on a highway on ramp is kind of what gets our blood pumping. That's a what little makes bit, guys. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, let's talk about a challenge or a failure. You know, you've uh, had your own businesses, so I'm sure you've bumped up against a challenge or two. Walk us through one of those. Tell us what the learning lesson was. Uh, honestly, that's where goal alignment came out of. So early in in my semiconductor company's career or adventure, uh, we had partnered with a a gentleman that had ulterior motives that were un that we were unaware of at the time. So 
We had uh, a contractual arrangement with uh, what's called a fab in semiconductor parlance, a, a large semiconductor manufacturer for some of their excess capacity. And we contractually traded that with uh, or allowed another company to invest in us in exchange for some of that capacity. And we would then get some percentage of it. Uh, after about three or four months not receiving any checks, we figured out that uh, we weren't going to be getting any checks and mm-hmm. that that was a bit of a, a buy-off, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That was all the money we were getting. We contracted our contacted our lawyer. This is something that I'm also very adamant about. When you do things in business, you have a lawyer write a contract because mm-hmm. you never know when you're going to need it. And if all it does is tell both parties what they agreed to when they agreed to it, then you're good. Because that's really all a contract does is just outline, this is what you agreed to, this is what I agreed to in exchange. We're good. Done. They're they're not weapons until somebody decides to not do what they said on the contract. Exactly. Which is what had happened in this instance. So I talked to our lawyer, this is what's going on. He giggled. He's like, well, I wrote that contract. So how much of this guy do you want to own? I was like, quite frankly, I want to give him his money back and go on our merry way. Mm-hmm. You no, know, not vindictive, not going after him. Just you, you part, part ways. We'll go yeah. out and start our business part ways. And that's honestly, that learning is what really, really reinforced making sure your goals were in alignment because yeah. it was pretty obvious when we were starting there that it was more of a quid pro quo than it was goal alignment. And that that wasn't a a, a good place to start. So you dropped some really valuable information for anybody out there. And I I can't tell you, I've been in this situation. I'm I'm a mature guy, you know, I've been around a little while. So Mm -hmm. I've been in this situation many times. And if you, if you, I don't care how friendly you are with somebody, how much you trust them, how much you think you need to hire a competent attorney to draft an agreement, because there will come a day when somebody changes their mind and Correct. something changes Correct. and you can't foresee it, it could be you, it could be them, it could be both of you, and you need a way to define what the, the rules of the game were. And I just went through this last year and uh, it will save you every, every, every time. And it's, you always think, God, I really want to spend the money because good attorneys are not cheap, but you Correct. need good attorneys because they're really it's an good investment in, <laughs> in, your in your future. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Been there, done that. So, yeah. You you don't know what kind of curveballs are coming in life. Just like you no. said, it could be some, it could be something that you're contractually obligated to do mm-hmm. and your life situation changes. Yeah. So having a contract and having that all outlined and being able to go to your, the folks on the other side of the contract and say, here, this is what's everything written down. I, I understand that. Let's find a way to change it. Let's talk amicably. Honestly, I look at it as they're, they're the bullet points of the agreements that you've made with people. And it keeps both sides honest because it does. Yeah. As we get older, we tend to forget all the things that we've agreed to. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You know, it happens. And it's funny you're, you're mentioning this because I'm just about to write a check to my attorney for uh, some work he did for me last month. And I, I, I always gripe about having to write those big checks. But my, my smart wife always says, well, what? If you hadn't done that, what would things be happening? Like That's right. right. Now? And 
I go, I know, I know, I know. It's it's because they get paid a lot more per hour when they're litigating than when they're sitting there just typing out a contract. (laughs) That's when it gets really expensive in so many ways. Well, thanks for thanks for that value bomb you dropped there. Really important for people. Don't skimp on that. Take the time and do it, and find the best attorney you can possibly afford. It will be worth it. Over and over, it has been for me throughout my life, and it will be for you. Now, let's talk about your first really special car or a really special car in your life, something that you kind of sat down in and went, man, I finally got it. What was that car? Or is that car? Oh, man. <laughs> so there's there's a number of them. So uh, we'll start with my first Porsche. So my first Porsche was, uh, good grief, how many years ago was that? 2000, 2011, I think. Uh, probably the picture on my phone that I sent you will have a date on it. Correct that at some point if we need to. Uh, but it was a, uh, 997.1 GT3 RS, bright orange. Uh, they're affectionately called pumpkins. That car had 40,000 track miles on it when I bought it, which was perfect for me because I'm a, I'm not a collector. I'm a driver. There is no car that will ever sit and be fluffed and buffed and be all shiny. They're all going to get rock chips in them and they're all going to get beat on. And typically they end up running better because of it, because performance cars that sit normally don't do well. That said, the car was in West Palm beach, Florida. And I flew out to West Palm beach, Florida from gig Harbor. I was living in gig Harbor at the time and picked up the car and myself and another friend of mine, it was another small business that uh, I had started with him uh, in BMWs, which we can chat about here in a second, if it's important, we drove it back across country. Wow. And nice. At, at the time I was told that the muffler had a crack in it and was going to need replacing. Okay. No problem. I'll get it home. I'll take care of that. Oh boy. That was not a good idea because the car ended up with a, with a big hole in the muffler and it droned like crazy. It was so loud in the cabin. We're driving in some instances, we're driving 80 miles an hour in third gear just so that we could get away from where the engine was so loud, you know, at like six, 7,000 RPM across the country. But it just makes that experience that much more visceral, visceral and much more memorable because of that, because yeah. of that. No, they're, they're cool cars. That, that's quite a road trip. Is there a, a car you've let go in your past that you really wish you'd kept? Yeah, there's a. Uh... So I'll, I'll dovetail that into the other story. There was a, a small company, a, a young man. I have this weakness, I guess, as a business businessman for folks who could use an opportunity in, in some ways. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to call it an angel investor because I am looking for a return on my time and energy. Uh, it's a little bit more self-serving than that. Um, but there was another young man, uh, who was a college student and I had a, a BMW, an E39 5 Series. So I had a 540 at the time and was working on it and supercharging it and making it faster and blah, 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 because I can't leave anything alone for longer than about a month after I get it and I've got to start tinkering on it. And I had pushed that car to about the the limit of the head gasket before they were going to go. And, you know, at, at the time, you know, the the forums were just starting to come online and uh, really starting to have some success. So we were chatting on the forum. He's like, you know, you should probably sell that and get an M5 because an M5 is at the power levels you're at now stock. Sat there and I thought, and I always thought a, an E39 M5 was a beautiful car, but I, I, it was too expensive. I couldn't afford it. This was still in like 2005. So we're only a couple of years old at that point. 
they're probably still trading in the $50,000 range, uh, 40,000, somewhere there. So ended up sold the 540, took his advice, bought an M5, started a company with him because he was making a, a supercharger kit for the M5s. He was 18 years old, has, had already started learning CAD, was machining his own parts at school. He's an aeronautical engineer, so he's a smart enough guy. So we partnered, built some supercharger kits, sold some supercharger kits, uh, did pretty well. His company still exists. It's RK Auto Works is the name of the company in BMW land. And that car, I wish I would have kept the, yeah. the M5. I, I ended up, I ended up selling it to one of my uh, co-founders at Dundon because he loved it. He kept it for about nine months and then sold it. It was a pretty highly modified car. I would have probably backed it backed it off from the pointy end of the spear that it was so that it was a little bit more of a daily driver, a little less of a finicky, uh, finicky, high strung, supercharged, modified craziness car. But yeah, yeah. I may end up with, with an M5 of that generation, uh, yet again. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. They're awesome cars. And every time I've driven one, it's just the power comes on and just keeps coming on. So very cool. Well, we're going to come back from a, a little station break here in a second. Uh, hear a word from our sponsors and we get back. We're going to learn a lot more about Dundon Motorsports and go into a little bit of a lightning round. So we'll be right back. When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno-proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new AVS2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car, or truck to superchargers for your daily driver and more visit edelbrock.com to check out the latest products for your ride and when you're ready to check out enter cars yeah in the coupon code and get 10 percent off your order that's edelbrock automotive performance since 1938 you take care of your cars but who takes care of your investments tune-ups aren't just for engines updating your financial plan is important too your gps may take you from a to b but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom for that you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor chris kimball cfp is just the man for the job he'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy for over 25 years chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments with a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. All right, we're back, Jamie. And before I jump into uh, the last lap, can you tell us a little bit about what you guys do there at Dundon Motorsports and why a Porsche enthusiast should visit your shop? Dundon has 
kind of two businesses. We have our local uh, service shop, which we strive to provide uh, dealer alternative. Uh, we have all of the tools needed to rebuild your engine, rebuild your transmission, uh, down to changing your oil and your new Macan or Cayenne, which have become, thankfully, very popular. The the other side of our business is developing performance parts. Uh, mainly, we take the challenge for making the naturally aspirated Porsches more powerful. Quite frankly, because it's a a smaller playing field, there's less people in in that market that know what they're doing, and it's a harder problem to solve. You know, taking a turbo car and making it faster really is just turn up the boost, put some bigger intercoolers on it, off you go. Relatively straightforward. At the extremes, everything's hard, but yes, generally speaking. So we take the tact of applying physics and science to solve our problems and guide our way. We don't just uh, weld some shiny pipes together and call it an exhaust. We actually take the time to do the math and really understand what the engine wants and why the engine would want it. And trying to develop parts that that really build on what Porsche has given us. The uh, the materials that we use are are the best available for those applications. For example, our, our exhausts are made out of 321 stainless. I actually had this conversation with somebody not long ago. Why don't you use Inconel or titanium? Well, Inconel is is a wonderful material. Titanium is also a wonderful material. Both of them are more suited for race cars. For example, a slip fit collector made out of Inconel will eventually time out from the Inconel rubbing against the other Inconel and abrading itself away and creating a leak. That's why you hear of race car headers have timed out. They've timed out because they're leaking. 321 won't do that. It also doesn't rust the way that 304 does. 304 at temperature will rust from the inside. And a naturally aspirated GT car has pretty hot exhaust gas. So it's going to slowly corrode slowly change the, the metallurgy of the welds, et cetera, et cetera. So we're trying to provide a very high-end efficacious uh, set of parts that actually do something for your car. And we back it up. We have a 30-day uh, try it and send it back if you don't like it, guarantee. We don't get many, if ever, exhausts back. Uh, and we have a lifetime warranty on all the parts that we manufacture. There you go. And people can find you on your website, right, and order parts from you? Absolutely. DundonMotorsports.com in the midst of a website revamp. So hopefully here before Christmas time, I have the new website finished with a little bit better navigation than it is now. We kind of have all the GT cars lumped together. And now that Porsche has 18 kinds of 991 GT car, it's uh, <laughs> crazy. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it becomes a little difficult for everybody to find their special thoughts in the midst yeah. of uh, everything else going on. So. There you go. I'll make sure I put a link to that on Jamie's show notes page and the Cars Yeah website. I have a bit of an introspective question for you, Jamie. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, what would Jamie be and why? Oh, my goodness. I've been looking at your notes. Now, everybody on all the listeners, uh, Mark sends a bit of a crib sheet to to interviewers about what the questions might look like. Yeah. And this one has been this one's been pretty vexing, honestly. Well, good. Good. If, if I was going to be a car... So there, there's two angles to this. If I was going to be a car, what would I want to be? No, this isn't uh, about honest, what you want to be. This is about how you perceive yourself. I, and I, God bless, I, I don't see myself <laughs> as one car all the time. It's well, the you could be a, so you could be a combination. It's situational. 
it's yeah. a it's a situational thing. Well, how, so, let's, say, let's say this: since you're you're a performance guy, uh, how do you perceive yourself as a car at the track? Oh, it's a GT3 always. Yeah. So yeah. I'm 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 a I'm a closed wheel car that you could see on the street that's that's honed very very nicely and precisely so that it can go around the track and drive home and be put in your garage. So I'm, I'm practical (laughs) and sporty and fun and intelligently designed. And, and that it could be a Porsche. It could hell if your budget could afford it, it could be a Pagani, what, whichever. Um, but it sounds like a, it sounds uh, like a Porsche to me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. And there's there's a there's a reason why why we have a Porsche shop and I own Porsches and you know, they kind of have a special place in my heart. So Well, plus there's a few more of those around than Pagani's. I I just had Christopher Pagani on the show a couple months ago. Oh, did you really? Her, okay. Yeah, son yeah. of Horatio and uh I got to spend a day when I I spent a, a couple of days with a company called Esoteric uh back in Ohio uh-huh. and got to spend yep. a day crawling around a Pagani. Uh works of art, incredible cars, but, They are uh, beautiful. But, uh, yeah. yeah, for a daily user and a driver, Porsche, you, you can always win. Well, we are entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask for you to give us some very quick blips of the Porsche throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Keep it on the track. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. How about a personal <laughs> habit of yours that you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? What would that be? Uh, guerrilla warfare level cu- customer service. Ah, there you go. How about a resource? Is there one out there that you'd like to share with our listeners that's a go-to for you? Uh, honestly, it's friends and family. That, I, I tend not to prescribe to the latest prognosticator. <laughs> <laughs> I try I, I try and find my own way, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Oi, that's a good question. Yeah. I have no, to think about you that. know, I like that answer because I, I write a blog every week, and for you listeners that want to receive it, and I promise it's short. You can read it in a minute. Uh, I write a blog every week, and my blog this week that we're recording your show, which is actually today's Halloween, uh, the day we're recording, but the show comes out, your show in November. But I wrote about having the right tools in your toolbox, kind of using that metaphor of where you get your information from and that so many people get their information off social media these days and it's like the worst place in the world to get any kind of quality information it seems like unless you get it from me of course or Dundon but uh, <laughs> other than that it's all crap right so um right. yeah so having the right tools in your toolbox and you know what yeah leaning on friends and family more talking with people more uh is really really important so uh, if you want to get that yeah. blog you can sign up on my website little plug for the <laughs> Cars, yeah, blog there. Now, how about if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased? Who would it be? I'd probably sit down with Andreas Gruninger. He's, oh, uh, okay. he's, an in, he's an interesting cat. He's a car guy. You can tell in his enthusiasm when he speaks of some of his new babies that he, he takes a lot of pride and ownership in, in what's going on with them. Tell our listeners a little bit about who he is. So Andres Pruniger, I, I think I'll have this right. He is the head of the GT car development inside of Porsche. He's responsible for not so much the manufacturing arms. That's a different division. So if Porsche screws up and, and makes something wrong that he didn't do it, somebody else did that. But he's on the design side. So he he's under the development, uh, all the special cars, all the GT cars, even some of the race cars that are born of GT cars, cup cars. GT2 Club Sports, these these kinds of things, AP has a hand in. Exactly. Well, I'm working on getting him on this show. 
So maybe I can set that up for you. That would be kind of fun. That would be fantastic. That'd be fantastic. That'd be fun. How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners should read as well? Honestly, the one the one book that I found that it, it's kind of kitschy, but it's I think it's the it's four hour work week, five hour work week. Tim Ferriss. Oh, Ferriss's book. Sure. Yeah, four hour work week. Four hour work week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That that one. The finding ways to time leverage your business is critical for small businesses to survive. You have to find ways to make money while you're sleeping. And if you don't, then you're really only getting paid uh, an hourly wage. And that's not going to work long term. So seeing it's something that that we had tried to do in our semiconductor business, we're still trying to do a little bit with Dundon. But seeing his adventures in quote unquote business hacking was was interesting because it was a path that we were kind of already going down and have him writing a book about eight years ago about how to automate that and find that maybe 20% of your customers really are costing you more money than the 80% of the ones that are making you money, for example. Sure. So maybe you don't have to do everything for everybody. So yeah, exactly. Goodbye. Yeah, very good. Well, we are up to the checkered flag here, Jamie. And this last question could be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car toy car, fun car on the planet, but there's some rules to my game that might make it a challenge for you. I'm going to set those rules up for you right now. It's a car you have to drive, no garage queens, but that's no problem for you. It's a car you can't sell to buy a bunch of other toys with or fund your business with. Uh, So that little trick's off the table. You got to keep it. But here's the kicker. It's the only one cool collector car you can have. What's it going to be? 964 RSR. Ah, okay. So tell our listeners that may not be Porsche fanatics like you and I are, what makes the 964 RSR so special? Uh, well, it was Porsche's first attempt at kind of a road-going race car. And well, that's kind of not true. I suppose the 73 uh, RS was their first attempt at a road-going race car. The 964 RSR, I think there's is there like 30 of them made. Pretty Mark, rare car, like yeah. That. Yeah. It's a pretty rare car. Uh, one came up for auction recently that drew a lot of attention because it still it had no miles on it, bright red interior, silver car with all of the Cosmoline still all over it. It was just kind of found and put up for auction. I I didn't really pay attention what it went for because again, outside of my lane a little bit. <laughs> well, see, today but, you don't have to worry. I, I'm in your lane. Uh, you I know. love it. I love yeah. it. Let me but, follow up real quick. That car sold for two point two five million dollars. There you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, and it's not because of its value that it's interesting. It's the engineering exercise of taking a streetcar and race carifying it, so right. to speak, if I can coin a phrase there. It had a full roll cage. The roll cage was wrapped in leather, which is a little ridiculous, but it was the 90s. It's okay. The uh, engine was gone through. It was completely lightweighted. The glass was thin where there was glass. It was plastic otherwise. Just, all of the things associated with it. Is it the fastest car they ever made? No, there are far fasters. You can get a 993 GT2 Evo, but I'm kind of not a turbo guy. I, I appreciate the sounds of naturally aspirated engines. Don't get me wrong. I have a, I have a Mazda RX-7 that I'm, I'm building as my first turbo car and it's a rotary. So I'm kind of okay. uh, a glutton for punishment in some ways. <laughs> for those that don't understand that, that comment, rotaries aren't known to be very, uh, uh, have the best longevity. Uh, yeah. of all engines out there. But yeah, it would be it would be a 964 RSR for sure. Yeah, that's a pretty unique car. And that car was sold by our friends at Sotheby's uh, at the Villa 
Airbay event. And uh, yeah, sold for quite a bit of money. The, the, the thing about that car, it's a little odd to me. And sometimes Porsche does this. It's got a red interior. And mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. is red, except for a few things on the dash. It looks like a bordello inside. It's just... It, it's a bit extreme. I agree. Yeah. The whole thing's a little... It's a little, a little 90s, out there. kind of yeah. gone crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah, need a gold chain said, and some all shoes. I'll include yeah, those exactly. if you'd like. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'd look You're good welcome. in that. I can, You're I, can, welcome. I can take care of that. You'll look good. Jamie, you've taken me on a great ride today. This has been great fun. I love talking to Porsche, fellow Porsche fanatics. Thank you for sharing your journey. Could you offer us one little parting piece of Wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the track in that 964 RSR? Uh, just kind of rehashing what we went through. Keep it keep it on the track. There, there are things in life where you can go off-road, and, and that's fun. But trying to, trying to keep it inside the lanes is a, sometimes a better place to end up. Uh, find ways to goal align and always give your customers way more than they ever asked you for. Oh, all the time, for sure. And I'll remind our listeners, you can check out Jamie's business at Dundon, D-U-N-D-O-N motorsports.com. His website, check it out. There's some really cool things here. If you love Porsches or if you live in the Pacific Northwest and you need your Porsche service, uh, somewhere up here near Jamie and I, he's the guy to see. Jamie, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. You've inspired me. As soon as we're done, I'm going to take my Porsche out for a drive because it's a beautiful day today. Get some of the cobwebs out of that car. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. There you go. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!